Welcome to What's the Story, Pekin, a podcast where we share stories about what's happening in Pekin as told by their authors. These are the people who are at the center of many local events. They are in the know and here to share their story, their role in it, and the possibilities of things to come. I'm Gary Gillis, your host, and welcome to today's show. Well, today my guest is Heather Robertson, who is the Executive Director of the Pekin United Way. Heather, welcome. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me. Well, I've looked forward to having you here, especially at this time of year, because this is when people hopefully start thinking of charitable causes they want to support. And one of the quintessential ones in Pekin is the Pekin United Way with a long storied history. But as a new executive director, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself, in a sense, to the community in in that role. What got you there? I know some of your background, so I'm just curious myself. Okay. What got you there? Well, uh, I actually was a United Way campaign chair for JCPenney when I was 19 or 20. (laughs) So I worked at the local JCPenney and got to be the person running the company campaign for JCPenney. So I kind of have a history of Mm -hmm. caring about the work that they do. My career path has included working in local schools as a speech language pathologist. And so obviously the focus of the United Way on education is something that has been important to me for a really long time. And I was raised by a nurse. So access to healthcare has been a part of my story since the very beginning. And just making sure that people have access and have their needs met when those needs arise, particularly my mom works in the field of oncology. So I was I was raised to just focus on how do we care for the people sure. around us who yeah. are dealing with circumstances that are more difficult than maybe what we're facing mm-hmm. in our own family. And then I've worked as a local pastor for many years, starting out in more of a ministry, paid ministry role, and getting to really work with people of all ages to help care for their spiritual development, and then uh, ultimately going to seminary and deciding to pursue pastoring, and still do that part-time right now, and do a lot of pulpit supply around the area. I'm serving as a bridge minister at a local church, and so all of these roles, you know, they all kind of come together. Isn't that the way that it works sometimes? And Ultimately, I think it's so funny, Gary, that we're sitting here together because as part of my seminary journey, I interviewed you about leadership and what that. it means to be yes. a leader in this community. In and so you helped pave the way for me to be sitting in this chair right yeah, now just by yeah. meeting me at a local Starbucks. Yeah. But it's been an incredible journey. I was working at the Pekin Area Chamber of Commerce and absolutely loving the work I was doing. I would jokingly say I was the chamber chaplain when Amy mm. McCoy, the executive director, described the job. The role was really to be the person who cared for the needs of local business owners, local non-for-profits and organizations, and fit right in line with the skill set that I brought and allowed me to have a different role within the community than the one that I had had. Obviously, post-COVID, we're all trying to kind of find our way again, right? And I'd been there for about six months, and a friend of mine who is on the board at United Way who, when asked to be on the board at United Way, asked me what I thought, and I was very honest and said that that was an absolute yes, because I knew that their mission was so meaningful, and I knew that it would align with priorities for her values that she holds. As they were looking at what were they looking for in their next executive director, she just said, I think I have the perfect person, and uh, 
but knew that I was in a role that I really enjoyed. And so it was a really difficult decision, honestly. Mm. And I I can blame a song that I listened to the night that I was trying to ultimately make the final decision called Dear Me, uh, that really talks about going and going to meet the needs of the people who are struggling the most and sitting at the tables with people who you're told not to sit with and caring for people that often feel like they're living just outside Mm -hmm. of the mainstream that are on the margins. And I knew that this job would give me the opportunity to not only get to do that work, but to get to supply funding for people who were doing that work in a variety of different ways and to really live united to imagine what it looks like to help people to give united and to live united and so it became a really easy yes um and i'm so lucky that amy and i had such a great relationship that now i feel like we get to partner together all the time which is a lot of fun thank you for saying yes and i would agree you are the perfect person for that role um I actually served United Way Board. I was thinking of this this morning. I think it's been now 40 plus years. It's one wow. of the first things I got involved in. Um, and I remember we were, met at the old chamber building, which is almost across the street from the library here. I think it's involved in the youth ministry or something now. Um, but I think it, you know things are pretty much still the same. It, you support a wide variety of uh, you know local nonprofits that try to impact the community in a variety of ways and I remember then the challenge was how do we broaden our reach and select a- additional agencies to work with to ensure that we do so um, that's still pretty much the model and how has that evolved because 40 years later I'm sure things are a little bit different you know I think things are different one of the big changes is that in order for United Way to partner with a business, they have to be locally owned and operated. And so some of the businesses that are here in Pekin are now actually owned by larger organizations Mm -hmm. that are outside the city. And so access to company campaigns, which has traditionally been the United Way's primary source of funding across the entire world, has changed dramatically. We're really lucky that in this area we have some incredible companies like Pekin Insurance that are still large employers who are willing to continue to partner with us. We also have a great relationship with the Heart of Illinois United Way and they run they obviously are based in Peoria, but they cover five different counties. Mm-hmm. And so they do fundraising across all of those areas. And so we have agencies in common as well as workplaces in common. And so we're able to partner together to make sure that we're meeting the needs of the people here in Pekin in very specific ways, while also partnering with larger organizations and connecting and collaborating across all of those different spaces and places. So I've been able to build relationships with people who are in Batavia, who are in Coles County, who are in Champaign County, who can help give me insight and ideas about ways to respond because so many United Ways are facing the same concern that they don't have those locally owned and operated companies to Mm -hmm. partner with in the same way that they once did. And so that's probably been the biggest change is the way that we fundraise. We have to think more creatively because we're not able to just walk in the door, give a great speech, get everyone fired up, run the fun campaign with the cool theme, and then see the dollars come in on a month by month basis. 
People's giving patterns have changed dramatically Mm -hmm. in the last 40 years. Most people are really intentional about their giving, and so that means they're more likely to do a one-time gift versus an ongoing gift. And we're giving ongoing gifts, ultimately, right, Mm -hmm. to the agencies that we support, which means that we have to find ways to have continuous streams of income coming in because they might not be coming in the way that they once were, which would be everyone has it taken out of their paycheck and it just comes directly to us in a check every month and they run a campaign once a year to make that happen. We do Mm -hmm. still have companies, I just went yesterday to Excalibur and they had this great chili cook-off, which is so fun, right? A seasoning company having a chili cook-off. I got to taste test 14 Mm -hmm. different kinds of chili and they already have more pledges than they had last year on the first day, which is so exciting. So COVID for sure had an impact because there just wasn't that same face-to-face interaction where we could have those conversations, both myself and our incredible board of directors who uh, follow in your footsteps and continue to make those really build those relationships, make mm-hmm. those connections and, and get us opportunities to tell the story of sure. what United Way is all about. But the money does still go to a variety of agencies. Right. It's my favorite part of the story to tell. Literally, we touch people from the beginning of life to the end of life, um, which is what I always used to say. My scope of practice as a speech language pathologist was birth to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and my scope of practice is the same. Again, we are literally impacting people's lives from the very beginning of their life even before they're born until after they're here um, and their legacy continues on and so we get to look at what are the biggest needs in our community and where are the ways that we can align dollars to best meet those needs but the other beautiful part is we do the work of gathering the data and checking in with our local agencies to make sure that dollars are matching mission and so oftentimes you know you make a donation and you hope that the money is going right. where they say it's going and and i think the majority of the time that's true but we always like to have that added level of security and in some ways that's a big part of what our job is when we do our day of hearing from all the agencies and then we continue to have relationships with the directors the leaders the people who are taking those dollars and turning them into actual mission movement and so it's really amazing to see how, you know, I was in a meeting this morning for the nonprofit summit and CASA, which is one of our agencies, was talking about how sometimes people come in and want to be a CASA advocate, mm-hmm. but they recognize that they have things in their own story that make that difficult for them. And I thought, here, we're literally sitting in a circle, and right across the circle is the Center for Prevention of Abuse, another one of the agencies we support, which provides free counseling for anyone Mm. who has any kind of abuse in their history. How incredible is that? Like, here's a need being identified in this space that another agency, and we get to help support both of them. So they they can spend more of their time focusing on doing the work and not on trying to fundraise their own dollars. I'm I'm just curious, since you mentioned that, when do you then collectively get those agencies together? I remember they used to come in and each make a presentation to the board. But... uh, you mentioned sitting in a circle so they get together each gets to share their story with each other and they hear their story so, so this is the one of the ways that the chamber continues to intersect with my story. So the Pekin Area Chamber of Commerce sponsored a nonprofit summit this morning. Mm-hmm. And as part of that summit, I led an activity called a three practice circle. And we asked people the question, 
We've all heard the phrase, I've got 99 problems and that ain't one. Which one would you like to get rid of in your organization? (laughs) From an organizational perspective. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we all have social concerns that we would love to see eradicated. But at the end of the day, there's a logistical aspect to the work that I do too. And how do we as the chamber and as chamber leaders come alongside you to make sure that we're helping meet your needs as well as business needs in what are the ways that you most need resourced right now? And so that's how we happen to all be in a circle this morning. The reason I brought that up is one thing I've been pushing at the library and to the library board, and I think I've probably driven Jeff Brooks a little crazy with this, but he's really been a strong advocate is the issue of literacy. We have so many different groups and organizations, churches, et cetera, in town that all seem to have a literacy program of some type. So it begs the question, have they ever sat down together mm. and discussed the challenges they they face individually, uh, the opportunities they've discovered, and maybe idea share and collaborate a little bit and just have them in, in one room so we're going to really have a literacy summit. and. Uh, Jeff is, to his credit, came up with the idea of let's have somebody who can speak with authority on attempting to do this instead of us just sitting in a room and saying, hey, how about trying this or trying that, but have someone who really has those ideas. So the reason I brought that up was you have different agencies and they may share similar challenges, but have they ever sat down and talked and collaborated, if nothing else, to comfort each other and realize they're not in it alone and perhaps come up with ideas and, and had perhaps a team effort with that. So I remember in my day, an agency would come in, they'd present and they'd leave. And I think the only way they knew they were you know, members of the United Way because they'd see their names together on a list. So getting them together and getting nonprofits together is a great idea. So um, it's interesting, I was looking up data earlier because I thought in, in today's world, uh, are people still as charitable as they've been in the past? And I did get some statistics, and given my past career stats are a big deal with me. <laughs> um, in 2021, um, and this is through Giving USA, there was almost $485 billion of charitable giving. That was up 4% from before, and it was e- even up in 2020, you know, when COVID hit. What's interesting is you do a deeper dive into what are those. Um, charities or undertakings that uh, people tend to prefer to support. Um, Anything international, uh, environment, uh, animal charities, arts, cultures, humanities, uh, and health causes experienced the biggest jumps. And as I read that, I thought about different organizations that brand well. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, people would tend to give to that. You look at almost any obituary in town, and I would put money that there's a good chance that TAPS will be one of them. Uh, High profile visibility, a uh, exceptional reputation, and of course then you have people who are animal lovers, but they have then the organization they know they can go to with confidence and support. So I I would think the United Way probably is, you know, overall attempting to, besides support these agencies, really promote that brand that's your United Way agency and by being part of this reputable organization I think that would attract people a little bit more but are you you finding it sounds like the chance to give 
and have that work collectively or be shared with all these groups is really pretty much the branding of how you're approaching it. Give to one thing, support all, instead of trying to cherry pick and send a lot of checks. That seems to resonate most with people. I think that that resonates. I think the other thing about the workplace campaign that's really interesting is that it's that really powerful reminder that every single person who is a part of that organization can come together, right? We come together in the workplace to accomplish a mission. That's why we show up at work every day. No matter where we're working, we're accomplishing some kind of goal by showing up. And so the beauty of it is that then when we put this charitable spirit of giving, together and you realize that from the ceo all the way down to the person who's mopping the floors can all be in this together and no matter how much you can give collectively you can give together and make a bigger impact it really creates a culture of generosity of shared mission and of caring for the community where you live together Mm -hmm. i mean unfortunately like you said international causes do get a lot of attention and they should. We need to care about the entire world. Absolutely. United Way is a worldwide organization. But oftentimes we lose sight of what are the needs right here in our community? What's impacting my children's classmates right now? What's impacting my parents' friends? What are they having to navigate that they need support or that they need someone to help them with? Which one of my friends' parents have enough money that they can't really get access to, you know, meal delivery or home health care or those kind of pieces because they have just enough money that they don't qualify for it to be paid for, but they need there to be an organization like Neighborhood House, Meals on Wheels, mm-hmm. or Peak and Mobile Diner that can bring warm food to their family member because like my mom, she still works 60 hours a week, you know? And if my grandmother was still living at home, she's the primary caregiver for her. She can't take her lunch in the middle of the day. She's taking care of other Mm -hmm. people's parents and children and friends. And so it really does create an opportunity for us to meet the needs of our local community in ways that Honestly, I didn't even realize that all of these agencies existed when mm-hmm. I was the one on the other side of things. I might hear it here a little here or a little there. And some of the Peoria-based organizations really have a footprint here in Pekin, in Tazewell County, and are making a huge impact in the lives sure. of people that we pass on the street, we see mm-hmm. in the grocery store, we run through Taco Bell with, we meet up in the grocery in the grocery store line and and all of those places and spaces and they're real people. Right. They're real humans that we get to look in the eye and care for in real tangible ways. We may never know. I may never know that my giving to the United Way is helping a little girl in my brother's class or in my son's class, or it might be helping someone's elderly grandparent who you know is one of my best friends. Right. I might never know that, but there's something so beautiful about embracing the mystery of that and yet knowing that the money that I'm given sure. is going to the causes where there is an identified need and we've looked at the needs. And that's one of the pieces that I'm really, I think, bringing to the table 
from my seminary background is, you know, I went to a very social justice oriented seminary. And so one of the things we looked at was community audits. How do you determine what the needs are and what the resources are? And that's something that happens in a lot of United Ways, but we haven't done that in a while. You know, Mm -hmm. we've had some changeover and it takes a while to kind of get yourself grounded enough to be able to take on a project of that size. But I think as we look at our community and we look at the needs that are clearly here, this is a really important time for us to be asking those questions. What are the greatest needs? What's it going to look like to bring our community together, to be united, and to really care for their neighbor in a way that makes a difference? And so I think that, you know, there are the Angela Williams, who is the president and CEO of United Way Worldwide, she's just been in her position for a year. She talks all the time about her focus right now is how do we get the United Way back into the local community? How do we get that to be someone who's paying attention to the needs of the community? It created a really natural transition for me because I was already focused on so much of that through my role in the chamber and in ministry. And so this just became a natural next step for me to ask those same questions, Mm -hmm. but through a different lens. And I think that when I go stand on the shop floor of Excalibur and say to people who are making varying amounts of income, right? That even if you can give a dollar out of every paycheck, that that is going to make a difference. That's really compelling because, yeah, not all of us have tons and tons of money to give. You know, I have people who write $10,000 checks in this community, which is incredible. But it's just as meaningful to me if somebody says every single paycheck, I'll give you a dollar because every one of those dollars adds up and we're able to be generous in this really unbelievable way, but also to ask, what are the greatest needs in our community? We ask a question at every single board meeting about you know, what do you think the greatest need is right now? What aspect of the work that we do are you most compelled by right now? Mm-hmm. So that we can keep our mission front and center and we can also keep the needs front and center as we prepare. We won't make those decisions until next May about where the dollars go. We'll do our agency forum in April and we'll make the decisions in May. But we're starting that work right now because we're paying attention to the agencies that we've given money to this year and the impact that they're having. And also where are the greater needs so that we can make sure that when we make those decisions next year, we're making it based on what's going to have the greatest impact for flourishing in this community if we put people's dollars that sure. direction well i admire the fact that you know the focus is locally always has been but you know the, the needs of any community evolve and change all the time and to have that ongoing assessment uh, you know have your ear to the ground as to where the, the needs are and I, I think the fact that people can give money and really see that impact that it has locally um, is is really a, a difference maker relative to even though people give charitably it it goes towards a cause they believe in but there's no tires they can kick or look under the hood as they can with something like this Uh, and i think going forward i know that uh, you bring the enthusiasm and the passion any organization would need to be successful but especially the united way that when you represent so many different diverse groups needs one clear uh, enthusiastic voice that's an advocate for them and and you bring that and uh, when I heard that you were the new executive director I I knew it'd be a a right fit Uh, is there any message you want to close with for the community as we're getting near the end of the year and people are thinking of where they want to give those year-end donations to any 
final message you want to share? You know, I think one of the other pieces that we can offer is that we are often people's call when they need help. And so we get to point people in the right direction because we know what agencies are doing what. And so um, we really get to hear the needs of the community. And I would say my message is just the needs of our community are diverse and they're extensive right now. And so if you are someone who has the means to give, this is a great time to offer that generosity. It is gonna make more of an impact than it's ever made before because the needs are so big that we can take every one of those dollars and really impact so much change. We are we have been here for a long time and we are ready to continue to make a difference in this community and to move forward together united. We are continuing to engage in a variety of different ways to make sure that dollars go the right direction. And so I think just as we're in that season of gratitude and generosity, we're grateful for this community that we live in, right? I mean, you Correct. and I both, we've sure. committed our oh, lives yeah. to this to this place and space and we want it to be a place where we all rise together. Sure. And so this year's campaign was a year of yes because literally my very first meeting was us determining allocations and we had to say no to agencies. We mm. could not give them as many dollars as they asked us for because we didn't have them. We didn't right. have them to give. And so I said, there is nothing that could have motivated me more than to hear the incredible work that was being done by agencies and know that I didn't have a choice but to go along with our board's decision to only give a portion of what was asked because that's what we knew we could guarantee that we could give. And so I want to be able, when we meet again in May, to say yes. And mm -hmm. so if you feel compelled to say yes to being a part of Living United and the United Ways campaign and what we're doing, then that's an incredible yes for me because that means that we get to lead forward and that when we get to that next round of generosity, that we're going to get to say yes and we're going to get to help even more people than we're getting to help right now. Oh, that's great. I, I know that um, when I did serve 40 years ago, the one common trait throughout the group was a strong belief in what we were doing. And I can tell that hasn't changed even though times have hmm. so i'm and i'm glad to see someone like yourself who not only believes in the in the organization but i think believes in the possibilities and the possibilities of its impact and for listeners if you want to make a difference in your community here's the way to directly do so and see the impact of it so we would encourage everyone and invite people to to give to reach out to united way to to call the office um you know talk to Heather or my good friend Michelle Small and uh, you'll have a, a willing listener and someone more than willing to to not only um, accept your generosity but at the same time listen to suggestions and ideas and better ways and more ways to support the community so Heather thanks for being here today um, have a great holiday season to you and your family uh, and I want to thank uh, Mike Eaton our uh, sound guy who's back tanned from his trip to Florida uh, thank the Pekin Library, as we always do, for providing the space in the Passport Room. Thank you, the listener, for being a part of it. And as always, we uh, welcome your suggestions and ideas by just emailing us to pekinpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for being a part of today's podcast. <laughs>